Hello and welcome to Come and See, a, a home-centered, podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I'm Wendy Rencher. And I'm Sam Rencher. We're going to be doing Helaman chapters 1 through 6 this week. Uh, just a quick, brief history here of what's going on at the beginning. The book of Helaman begins with a rather sad tale. Uh, Pehorin, the chief judge, he dies, and he has three sons who contend for the judgment seat. There's Pehorin and Peonkai uh, and Pekumanai. And Pehorin wins the election. Uh, Pekumanai, when he sees he's not going to win, he unites with the people, but Peonkai is angry. He becomes a traitor to his country and wants to rise up in rebellion against Pehorin. Um, but he is taken and condemned by the voice of the people. Uh, then Payankai's followers send Kishkumen um, to kill Pehorin, and then he escapes. So this begins the Gadianton robbers, which eventually proves the entire overthrow of the Nephite nation. Um, Pekumanai then becomes the chief judge, and this huge army of the Lamanites comes marching right into Zarahemla. Uh, they, chase, they chase down Pekumanai, and they smite him against the wall, and thus ended the days of Pekumanai. So in just one year's time, Pehorin and his three sons, Pehorin, Peankai, and Pekumanai, all die, the three sons being killed, and the beginning of the Gadianton robbers. That's basically chapter 1. Chapter 2, Helaman, the son of Helaman, becomes the chief judge. Um, Kishkumen tries to kill Helaman, but is, his plot is foiled. And chapter 3 is about 10 years' verse of time. There's lots of migrations. Um, tens of thousands are converted. Um, Nephi, the son of Helaman, takes the judgment seat. I think that's where we're going to start some of the doctrinal um, things is in chapter 3. Um, let's read, starting in verse 13. It says, And now there are many records kept of the proceedings of this people. And then down in 14, But behold, a hundredth part of the proceedings of this people, yea, the account of the Lamanites and of the Nephites and their wars and contentions and dissensions and their preaching and their prophecies, and their shipping, and their building of ships, and their building of temples, and of synagogues, and their sanctuaries, and their righteousness, and their wickedness, and their murders, and their robbings, and their plundering, and all manner of abominations and whoredoms cannot be contained in this work. But behold, there are many books, and many records of every kind, and they have been kept chiefly by the Nephites. So, I think we've discussed this before in this podcast, the importance of keeping a record, but again, Heavenly Father uh, is teaching us about keeping a record and the importance of records. I love in these chapters that he basically says, we can't record everything. Behold, a hundredth part of the proceedings of this people cannot be contained in this work. So we can't record everything. Um, that's true of our own lives. Um, but we're going to do our best to record what is important. Um, so a question to ask yourself is, what are you recording about your life? Um, I, I love in verse 14, it talks about that they recorded their wars, their contentions, their dissensions, their preaching, their prophecies, their shipping, um, their building of temples and churches, their lives, both the righteousness and the wickedness. Um, 
And why, why did they, you know, sometimes I think on Instagram or social media or whatever, we kind of only show the happy, you know, moments of our lives. But in, in, in the Book of Mormon, we learn to record everything, um, both the good, the bad, the hard. Um, I, so my question, I guess, is why would Heavenly Father want us to record about everything? That really is a great question. Um, I think there's lots of reasons why it's important to record everything. Um, you know, I've read some of my journals that I did as a kid, and sometimes I included just daily happenings, even to the point of I got up and I ate breakfast and I went through some of those mundane <laughs> things. And, you know, you think of that only a hundredth part you know, why would I have included that? Well, because I was really young, for one thing. Um, but it's also, it's really interesting to look back on your life and see what what did you do? What was regular life like, you know, when you were younger? And that that's a good thing to record. Um, I think it's important to record what life is really about and not paint and... Um, an inaccurate picture, so even including mistakes and and challenges, you know, we learn from from mistakes that we've made. And but if we don't record those, then we may not remember, and others can't learn from the same challenges that we went through. I think that's true. I love um, President Irene gave a talk in November of of or October of two thousand seven, actually. It's called Oh Remember Remember, and he um, talked about writing down in his journal every day, and he said, uh, before I would write, I would ponder this question. Have I seen the hand of God reaching out to touch us or our children or our family today? As I kept at it, something began to happen. As I would cast my mind over the day, I would see evidence of what God had done for one of us that I had not recognized in the busy moments of the day. As that happened, and it happened often, I realized that trying to remember what God, what remember, had allowed God to show me what He had done. Um, as we choose to record, um, we are allowing Heavenly Father to teach us through the Spirit, um, and to hear Him better. And so, I would urge us to, you know, to consider how we can do a better job in, in writing down the things that are happening in our lives. Um, so there's lots of other great things um, in chapter 3. Helaman is a pretty great leader. Um, in verse 20, it says, Nevertheless, Helaman did fill the judgment seat with justice and equity. Yea, he did observe to keep the statutes and the judgments and the commandments of God, and he did do that which was right in the sight of God continually. And he did walk after the ways of his father insomuch that he did prosper in the land. Um, so, so many great things we can learn about Helaman as a leader. Um, in verse 25, it says, And so great was the prosperity of the church, and so many the blessings which were poured out upon the people, that even the high priests and the teachers were themselves astonished beyond measure. So this is a great way to tie to that um, keeping a record um, piece that we just talked about. Uh, what blessings and prosperity has God given you? And maybe um, as you take time to write things down during the day, Heavenly Father can remind you um, about 
those blessings and you can be astonished beyond measure. I love that phrase in remembering what God has done for us. Um, um, if we go down to verse 29 to 30 in chapter 3, it says, Yea, we see that whosoever will may lay hold upon the word of God, which is quick and powerful, which shall divide asunder all the cunning and the snares and the wiles of the devil, and lead the man of Christ in a straight and narrow course across that everlasting gulf of misery which is prepared to engulf the wicked, um, and land their souls, yea, their immortal souls, at the right hand of God in the kingdom of heaven to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob and with all our holy fathers to go no more out. So um, I, I love the phrase, to go no more out. You know, when we follow the counsel in these verses, we are going to have the opportunity to sit at the right hand of God and to go no more out. We will always be with him. And so what is it that he's instructing us to do? Yea, we see that whosoever will may lay hold upon the word of God. And it's the word of God um, that can lead us past the cunning and the snares and the wiles of the devil um, to this place um, where we can go no more out. Um, so safety lies in the word of God, in our scriptures, in living prophets and apostles. And that made me think of this previous conference. What messages of safety um, has God delivered to us uh, through living prophets and apostles? Some of the ones that um, stood out to me were President Nelson, of course, hear him, um, that message of safety to have the Holy Ghost with us always. He also talked about daily immersion in the word of God. And he gave us an invitation to participate in family history while temples are closed. Um, Elder Stevenson, he talked about the Salt Lake Temple. I don't know if you remember that, but so good. Um, the, the reconstruction of the Salt Lake Temple. And he asked this question. He said, how could this extensive renewal of the Salt Lake Temple inspire us to undergo our own spiritual renewal, reconstruction, rebirth, revitalization, or restoration? Um, safety in, in evaluating our lives and in changing and in repenting. Um, President Nelson also talked about um, the new restoration proclamation, and he invited us to study it privately with family members and with friends and to ponder the truths that are in that. Safety always lies in um, following the, the counsel of our prophet. There are so many messages that dealt with the hearing him theme. I loved Elder uh, President Irene's. One of the things he said is, for whenever we proceed to resolve one inspired problem, we open the door for further revelation or advancements at least equally important but not yet seen. I've been striving hard to work on this to be better at hearing him and um, to make sure that I'm doing it at work. And I have found that as I... Uh, strive to solve problems at work through inspiration, that that opens the door for greater inspiration and the Lord helping me in deeper and more profound ways as I strive to include him in solving problems. Uh, I also loved Elder Renlund's talk. He, he said, I invite you to remember each day the greatness of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and what they have done for you. Um, that, you know, again, reminds me of 
of that recording part, writing down, taking moments to think about what Heavenly Father has done for us and, and maybe to pray about those things. Um, I'll, I'll give you one more. Elder Bednar um, talked about the temple also, and he said that the fundal, fundamental obligations that we have as members of the Lord's church are to hear him and to have our hearts changed through covenants and ordinances and fulfill joyfully the divinely appointed responsibility to offer temple blessings to the entire human family on both sides of the veil. So how can we um, reach for safety as we um, try to, to keep our, our covenants, you know, as we work to be obedient to the commandments and to keep the covenants that we've met, made, that really is where safety lies. Um, and as we offer blessings of of salvation and exaltation to those on the other side, um, it's a way for us to remember our covenants and to um, be more committed to um, helping others um, to, to have those opportunities as well. Should we go to verse 35? Sure. You want to read it? Nevertheless, they did fast and pray oft and did wax stronger and stronger in their humility and firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ, unto the fulfilling their souls with joy and consolation, yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts, which sanctification cometh because of their yielding their hearts unto God. I put a heart on this verse because it's mm, I amazing. I did too. <laughs> so some of the things I, I did was to, to, just to remind myself of the meaning of some of these words. So humility is freedom from pride or arrogance, um, also a submission to God. Um, he talks in this verse about yielding our hearts um, unto God. What does it mean to yield? To relinquish, relinquish possession of something or give something up, giving up our heart to God. Um, he talked about purifying, that you know, the purifying and the sanctification of our hearts. So purifying is to make clean, to be free from sin or guilt. And sanctification is the act or process of becoming holy through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So um, when, we, uh, when we fast and we pray and we keep the commandments and we wax stronger, that's kind of the keeping the commandments part there, um, in humility, giving up our will and, and being free of pride and arrogance, and we have more and more faith in Christ so that we have more and more joy in our life. And that joy um, allows our hearts to be purified and sanctified. And that sanctification comes because we give up um, our heart to God. We become holy through the atonement of Jesus Christ as we give our heart to him. Um, that's a really awesome Lots of things to work on in that. Lots of things to, you know, to um, improve on. But that's a really awesome verse to help us to become closer to Jesus. If you look at the verse before, they're doing this in a time of great persecution where they're wading through much affliction. These aren't principles just that we do once everything is going great in life. Whether we're going through hard things or not, these are the principles that bring joy. That they have great joy and consolation in their souls, even amidst affliction and persecution. 
I love that. Very applicable to today, right? Yes. All right. So on to chapter four. Verse 15. And it came to pass that they did repent. And inasmuch as they did repent, they did begin to prosper. And 16. And for when Moranihah saw that they had re did repent, he did venture to lead them forth from place to place and from city to city, even until they had regained the one half of their property and one half of all of their lands. Um, in this chapter, we see that the Lamanites had come and had beaten them and had taken half of their land, even up through Zarahemla. And then the people began to repent. It's so interesting that Moranihah understands something here. He didn't wait for additional reinforcements of men to start retaking their lands. He didn't uh, wait until his men had greater skill. What he waited for was for when the people began to repent. It was when they repented, that was when he was able to go and retake their lands. I think a direct um, application for that could be when we're struggling with something in life, what we should look for in how do we how do we fix the problem is how are we living? Are we keeping the commandments? Are we keeping our covenants? Because that is what will lead to prosperity more so than any other thing that we can do to fix our problems. It is, are we keeping our covenants? Are we keeping the commandments? That is when we can move forward in this battle of life and prosper. Yeah, I put in my margins, repentance equals prosperity. Oh, yes. So I think uh, we're going to go to chapter five. Great. Which is one of the best chapters. It really is. It's a great chapter. Um, so in this chapter, we begin with Nephi and Lehi remembering the words of Helaman, who's their father. Maybe we look at verse 6. Behold, my sons, I desire that you should remember to keep the commandments of God. So these are the words of Helaman that they're remembering. And I would that ye should declare unto the people these words. Behold, I have given unto you the names of our first parents and came um, who came out of the land of Jerusalem. And this I have done, that when you remember your names, you may remember them. And when you remember them, you may remember their works. And when you remember their works, you may know that it is said and also written that they were good. Um, this verse has a lot of principles in it, a lot of things we can learn from. Um, one, of course, is the importance of keeping the commandments. That theme is through all the Book of Mormon. Um, another is that the names, the power of names and living up to them. I, lo I love that, um, like your name, for instance, you um, can think of Samuel from the Bible and your middle name, you named after your dad. Um, and so just that, you know, as we look at our own names in our own lives, how are we, um, how are we? you know, holding up that name? And are we um, turning out to be the person Heavenly Father wants us to be? And there's a great story about George Albert Smith. It is great. It, when George Albert Smith was young, his deceased grandfather, George A. Smith, appeared to him in a dream and asked, I would like to know what you have done with my name. 
and President Smith responded, I have never done anything with your name of which ye need be ashamed. That's that's really awesome. Um, it, the, no matter what our first names are and, and our middle names, who we're named after, we do all have a last name to uphold and to honor at the very least. And, you know, can we say I've never done anything with that name that, that you know, the wrencher family name needs to be ashamed of, but maybe far more important than that, someday each of us will have to give an account to our Savior, Jesus Christ, what we have done with his name as we have taken his name upon us. So we need to live our lives in a way that we can answer as George Albert did, um, how he was able to give that I have never done anything with your name in which you need be ashamed. Uh, it's so important to remember, and we see that word remember a lot in the book of Helaman. And it's part of our covenant. You know, we it, when we're baptized, we take upon us the name of Christ. Um, as we live our lives, do we have that name before us and in our hearts and in our minds so that so that we aren't doing things that, um, that would not um, be in the spirit of our Savior and, and his name? Yeah, um, we see more of that power, the word remember in 5 verse 5, uh, we remember the words of, the, of our father and prophet. In verse 6, we remember to keep the commandments. They are to remember their names and remember them and remember their works. In verse 9, remember, remember the words of King Benjamin. Remember that there is no other way nor means whereby man can be saved only through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ who shall come. Yea, remember that he cometh to redeem the world. Verse 10, remember also the words of Amulek spake unto Zeezrom, that the Lord surely should come to redeem his people, but that he should come to redeem them in their sins, but okay. to redeem them from their sins. I didn't say that quite right. No, but the, he should not come to redeem them in their sins, but to redeem them from their sins. You forgot the not. That's a really important word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love verse 11 too. And he hath given unto him from the father to redeem them from their sins because of repentance. Um, because of, you know, I, I wrote next to mine, repentance equals redemption because we can repent. And that opportunity becomes because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, his great sacrifice for us. We can be redeemed. Um, it's another uh, another chance to look at repentance as an opportunity, as a blessing, as a privilege, instead of as a punishment or um, something that we have to do because we did something wrong. Um, repentance is prosperity. Repentance is redemption. Repentance is a gift. An amazing gift. I'm so grateful. Do we want to do your your favorite verse? Yep, let's do it. You want me to read it? It's your verse. All right, uh, verse 12. And now, my sons, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, Yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, 
they cannot fall. I have a huge heart on that verse, and it's not just because the verse is big, it's because of how much fabulous doctrine we can learn there. And, you know, we say the word remember is so important. This helps us to focus in on what really are we supposed to be remembering. Remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that we must build our foundation. We should be remembering our Savior uh, more than anything else. I, I had someone come to me just yesterday and asked how, um, how can we resist temptation? What is, what is one of the best ways? And one of the answers I gave to this person was remembering that if we can remember our Savior, remember that he is our rock and our redeemer, remember that he paid for our sins and suffered for us. If we remember that in the moment of temptation, it is much easier to keep our covenants and to resist temptation and evil. And his foundation is sure. You know, he, he is something we can count on and build our lives upon um, and know that it will always be there, um, that, it, that it isn't going to fall, um, that there is no adversity or trial or affliction or storm that can um, overcome him. So we see Nephi and Lehi remembering. Verse 14, they did remember his words. And therefore, so they remember, and what do they do because of it? They went forth. They kept the commandments of God. They teach the word of God among all the people. And because of this, they taught with such power, they converted, um, or they didn't convert, but so many were converted, and uh, 8,000 were baptized in and around, among the land of Zarahemla. And, and those are results of they remembered, they kept their covenant and did the things that their father had said. Um, let's go ahead and I think this will be our last principle for today. Let's do um, Helaman 5.30 and then we'll go over also to 44 to 47. Do you want to read 30 for us? It's another verse with a heart on it. Yes, There's me a, too. There's a lot in this chapter. And it came to pass that when they heard his or this voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of a great tumultuous noise, but behold, it was a still a voice of perfect mildness as if it had been a whisper and it did pierce even to the very soul so what do we learn about the holy ghost from these verses so this verse the one we just read and then we're going to go over and read 44 to 47 and then we'll discuss it um, and nephi and lehi were in the midst of them yea they were encircled about yea they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire yet it did not harm them neither did it take hold upon the walls of the prison and they were filled with that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts. And they were filled as if with fire, and they could speak forth marvelous words. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were a whisper, saying, Peace, peace be unto you because of your faith in my well-beloved who was from the foundation of the world. So... 
Uh, again, our question is, what do we learn about the Holy Ghost from these verses? How can that, how can these verses help us to hear him better, uh, as President Nelson has, has asked us to do? Um, so a few things that come to mind, and maybe you have a few to share as well. Um, it, you know, it can come through a voice. Uh, they heard a voice. Um, sometimes that voice can be an audible voice, or, you know, most often it's probably not a voice in our, in our minds. Um, it's a still voice uh, with perfect mildness. Um, there have been a few times this last week. Uh, I'll tell you a little story, actually. Um, I have an iPad, and I, I um, normally have a, like a passcode on it um, so that, you know, my kids can't just use it whenever they want. Um, but anyway, I decided to enable the touch, um, you know, the little fingerprint. I don't know what that's called, the fingerprint thing where you can mm -hmm. just touch it and then it opens. I hadn't done that. And so I was enabling that and I had to, I changed my passcode um, to do that. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if I wrote it down somewhere and I just can't remember where I wrote it down or, but I couldn't remember my passcode. And so I went to get my iPad out and I put my finger on it because I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just put my finger on it. Um, and But it wouldn't open. It was making me put in my passcode. And so I started trying the different numbers. I thought, oh, what did I put in for this? You know how that is. And I, I couldn't remember it. I couldn't rem I tried so many things. I like I locked it up like multiple times trying to figure out what my passcode was. And finally, I was just like, I do not know what my passcode is. And I was talking to our oldest son who knows lots about tech and he's like, well, I could wipe it. And then, you know, you'd have to just start over, but you know, I don't know what That's else to do. So, so anyway, so this went on for probably a week or two of me trying to remember my passcode. And all of a sudden one day this last week, a number came to my mind. It was very quiet, very, it just, in fact, it was a still voice of perfect mildness. That's why I'm telling you this story is it was exactly that there, there, a number came to my mind and said, that's your iPad passcode. And I went over and I t punched it in, um, to my iPad and lo and behold, it opened right up and I don't have to wipe it. And I'm really happy about that. <laughs> but, um, but if I, if I had not been quiet and still, um, I don't think that that number would have come to my mind because, because the voice was so quiet, um, and so mild. And so, um, if we have too much loudness around us, I guess is what I'm saying. It, it's hard to hear. It's a great story. Maybe I could tell a story too. Sure. We're building a deck, um, a paver patio. patio. There we go. Not a deck paver patio. And some mistakes were made on the grout <laughs> or the mortar in between. That's because we're in, this was our first time. Yeah, we meaning I, I'm the <laughs> one that messed up. And, but then to fix it was proving impossible. I had tried multiple times. You sweep this powdery sand into these grooves and then you wet it down perfectly, not too much or too little, and then it hardens. The problem is once the grout has been mostly filled and you can't get a deep layer of it, it doesn't work anymore. And yeah, we've spent a lot of time on this. And so anyways, we've been praying for help. 
because <laughs> we didn't know what else to do. But anyways, the Lord showed me how to fix it, how to do it a different way, where we took that dry sand and basically mixed it into a paste. kind of a paste and then manually rubbed it into every single groove. But But it worked. And it's amazing to me that that the God of the whole universe, our our Savior, who's created worlds without number, cares and loves us enough to open iPads, to and... open iPads and fix grout or mortar because He loves us, and the way He talks to us is through the Holy Ghost. That's how He shared those things with us. Um, I loved in these verses also that it, it says almost a whisper. That really is almost a whisper. It pierces us to the soul. Um, I think we also, you know, know that it teaches us to repent and to keep the commandments. That um, that you know sometimes that voice can come with power, but but often it, it's almost a whisper. Um, I over in verses forty four to forty seven, you know. The Holy Ghost fills us with joy and with glory. Uh, it enters our hearts. It gives us the things that we can say. Um, it brings peace and it testifies of Jesus Christ and the truthfulness of, of his doctrine and his gospel. And I love how it uses fills. It fills our heart. It fills our lives. It encircled is another word in 44. It encircles us about and fills us completely up. Um really as we as we learn to make our lives um, a place where the holy ghost can come if we're open to that still voice that almost whisper of perfect mildness as we quiet the noise of the world and and take time to ponder and to pray and to to be in the scriptures heavenly father can teach us and provide the revelation that we need in our lives i think that's it all right it's kind of a long one so thanks for listening. <laughs>